In a world where chronic DVD and Blu-ray acquisition disorder runs amok, Colin faces a daunting task. With a collection of over 1,200 titles, can he bring himself to watch the 65 films that sit on his shelves, unwatched, unloved, and still under wraps? Hello and welcome to Still Under Wraps. My name is Colin and with me as always is my fellow film watcher, compadre and son, Thomas. Hi, hello. We're in a rush. Uh, A little bit. (laughs) Not that much. Which is quite fitting considering the movie, but before we introduce what movie we're watching tonight, just a little bit of background. We have a large collection of DVDs and I'm a bit of a hoarder and grab things on a whim Therefore, the collection also includes a number of DVDs, movies that I have never seen and have bought with the intention of watching but have never got round to it. So the premise is that these films are unwatched, unloved and still under wraps. They haven't come out of their cellophane, but we're remedying that in two ways we're making a podcast about it and in doing so we're watching the stack of films that are currently unwatched unloved and still under wraps Mm -hmm. and then at the end we decide well i decide and thomas is not going to decide that we're keeping alien covenant i'll let him watch it again it 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 will uh, not be kept on your shelf. Spoiler for last week's episode, it will not be kept on my shelf if he steals it and it, it, squirrels it, it away somewhere else. Somewhere. That's right. Tonight, we are going to be watching a film that I believe is about a young boy from Calcutta who has dreams of entering an Olympic Games in the 100-metre sprint, and it's called The World's Fastest Indian. Okay, so one of those things was correct. Um, yes, one one of the things that you said was correct. The man's uh, from Calcutta. No, the film is called The World's Fastest Indian. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay, let's let's just end our guffaws over that brilliant piece of comedy. And uh, Thomas, please read the blurb and tell us what it's about. Anthony Hopkins is Bert Munro, a man whose story continues to amaze and inspire today. In the late 1960s, Bert set off from Invercargill, New Zealand, to clock his bike at the Bonneville Salt Flats in Utah. A 68-year-old man with a bad heart and a shoestring budget. A 47-year-old bike with makeshift tyres, no brakes and no chute. It would seem the odds were well and truly stacked against Bert. Yet, with his irrepressible charm and indomitable spirit, he sets a land speed record that has never been bested. At least uh, when the film was made. I don't know whether it has been bested since, but uh, I'm sure Thomas will find that out as we get started. But without any further ado, Thomas, would you do the honours of taking the wrap off the DVD, set it free... Okay, it's out of its cellophane, and freedom. the case is open, and he's going to pop that into the DVD player. We're going to watch The World's Fastest Indian, and then we'll let you know what we thought, and we'll catch you on the flip side. Bye.
Welcome back, good listeners. Uh, are you thinking what I'm thinking, B1? I don't know. <laughs> I like that film. Yeah, that, that, that was good. It was... It's interesting because we, we all know that he broke the record. I yes. mean, we, it's, it's on the blurb. Yes. Big spoilers. So it, it's in the blurb that's been read not once but twice on this podcast. Yes. Um, and yet the steady build-up was just... And it, it, it was a slow burn. It's a long film. Yep. It is. And, and there were places where I felt that a little bit... But it was so much about the journey. Um, if if this was handled, I don't know, by Michael Bay. <laughs> but look, it was such a New Zealand film. Mm. It was about the characters. It was about you know, and just small characters, people that he came in contact with, and build-ups to oh, this is going to go hideously wrong. And it's all good. Yeah. And, oh, this is going to go hideously wrong. And, well, it did, but we'll fix it. Yeah. And it got fixed. Um, yeah, it was sweet. It really yeah. was. It was well shot. Yep. The, there was some beautiful cinematography in it. The music was good. The characters were just... Again, New Zealand quirky, even though yeah. it was set in... <laughs> 90% of it was set in America. But uh, Americans with a New Zealand... Uh, uh, filmed through a New Zealand filter. Mm. Um, and look, I would have... Let's not get political. I would have said once upon a time an Australian filter as well. But... Uh, <sighs> oh, Canada. <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> look, um, uh, yes. On that being said... Mm-hmm. We do need to talk about artistic license. Uh, yes, I and I noticed you t- tapping yes. away, and I suspected that there would be a great deal of artistic license yes. going on here. Okay, don't let the truth get in the way of a good story. So, first of all, this is a spoiler break. So, if you don't want spoilers, then leave before this sound. It is true that Bert Munro did go to Bonneville. Ten times. Mm-hmm. Uh, the first time he went, uh, he didn't do any racing at all. It was basically reconnaissance. Yep. Um, and he did go above two hundred miles per hour, but it was in an unofficial run. Um, the official record set in nineteen sixty-seven, the third time that he'd set a record. Right. Um, Stands at around 190 miles per hour. Okay. Um, and that's for a under 1,000 cc streamlined, streamlined. motorcycle. Mm-hmm. And sorry, does that still stand? That does still stand. Right. Yep. Okay. But nothing else was uh, untrue in that film. <laughs> okay. So, Truth. Truth is different to fact. That's right. And truth is written by... Sorry. (laughs) History is written by the victors. Yes. Truth... (laughs) I I would say that this was a true film. Yeah. Yeah. Factual, 
Maybe not. There's there's no. a few rough edges and, there, but true, yes. And look, I I think the way that Anthony Hopkins played Bert was probably fairly accurate in his larger-than-lifeness. One gets the impression that he was a larger-than-life mm. character and that Anthony Hopkins was not overplaying that. Mm. I could be wrong. Um, uh, having not met any of Bert's family and uh, the likelihood of them ever hearing any of this is uh, highly unlikely. We do have some New Zealand listeners, but... Uh, <laughs> well... <laughs> Speaking of artistic license, uh, it's mentioned in the Wikipedia article that there's no evidence to suggest that Bert peed on a lemon tree every day. (laughs) In fact, that was a reference to the director's father. Yep, yep. And um, speaking uh, as we uh, sit underneath the flight path of all sorts of aircraft. That sounds like a helicopter this time. In my last broadcast, which was a video uh, production on YouTube, right. an aircraft also went overhead. No, that's a... I mean, it's still no, an it aircraft. A, yes. <laughs> anyway, um, uh, yeah, look... Peeing on lemon trees. I was brought up to pee on lemon trees. I think you may even have been sent out the front I can't of the house once to pee on the lemon tree when the toilet line was too long. Um, but yes, you probably don't remember that. No. It was either you or Morgan was sent out to pee on the lemon tree because he couldn't hold on or mm. you couldn't hold on. Anyway, we digress in more ways than one. Yeah. Um, um, yes. War. War was brought up. That, that idea of um, uh, six months. It's, it's always six months away from the end. Yes. 1967, Vietnam War. That's another eight years. Yeah. Yes. Indeed. Um, the war will be over by Christmas. Yes. That, that's mm, Whichever war it is, will be over by Christmas. Much like um, the house that you're building mm. will be completed by Christmas, or so the builders tell us, if we were building, which mm. we're not. Lower third, uh, June uh, 2020. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, here, it, comes, here comes Kevin. <laughs> Yeah, look, I I hardly recommend this film. I just uh, because of its just sweet nature, and not in a, a sickly sweet. There was another film that we've watched recently where I think I've made the same statement. It's it's not a sickly sweet movie, but it's just a nice movie. Mm. And I can't remember what that I think was. It was Bumblebee. It was Bumblebee. How bizarre! That was last week, wasn't it? Week last before. Week, week before. Uh, <laughs> good listeners. <laughs> My memory is not good. Um, l- l- last week was Alien Covenant. Oh. <laughs> okay. That is why I don't remember it. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, look. Do yourself a favour. If you have not seen 
the world's fastest Indian. It's just, yeah. I'm looking forward to showing the kids this one. Yeah. Do you have anything else you wish to add? I'm trying to remember if we've dropped any trains of thought, but I can't remember. Bit of a rambler, this one. Uh, Look, and I think it's just because... Once you get settled into the film, you just let it flow over you and enjoy it and, and, and get the laughs when the laughs are aimed at you. And yeah, but it was still, as I said before, a steady build up. Yeah. Um, quite bizarre, you know, Karate Kid style build up, um, you know, the, that that intensity that even though knowing that he's he's going to break the record um, legitimately in the film at that stage or not, mm. um, it was in, it was tense. Yeah. And you could almost smell burning flesh. It was, yeah. But And, and ratchet up the speed that we're, we're feeding in the, the mile mark yes. speeds. Yep. Yep. It was good. Yeah. Just a... Good film. Good film. Let's move on. Yes. That's staying on the shelf, by the yes. way. Yes. Simple as that. Oh, oh, I did mean to mention that uh, it came under recommendation from my father-in-law. Right. Who <laughs> the main character reminded me a lot of on numerous occasions. Yeah. yeah. So I can understand why he appreciated it. I don't know whether anyone on... On Wendy's side of the family listens to this, but I, I think he'll take that as a badge of honour. Anywho, let's. We've had yes. some additions, and I don't know whether yes. you've noticed the additions or not, but well, I have added well, the additions. Well, let's, let's play the intro first. Okay. What's on the show? You know it's probably DVDs. Yes, I see that there are additions here. The number of rows that contain unmentioned films. Uh, has increased. It is now at 22. It is. It is. If only we had some way of randomly selecting a film and a contributor who has contributed uh, the name of a film that could possibly be on our shelves that we have not mentioned before in the hopes of winning a prize for guessing correctly and getting extra points after that. So the... the I'm not going to let you... No, you can't. So we're going to start the generational randomizer-izer. You done? Well... What's on the Shelf is brought to you in part by Random.org, who do not sponsor the show, but are much appreciated. Uh, the number is eight. Oh, good old eight. I remember who this is. Do you? No. It's Lee. Lee. Well, actually, I probably could have said, you know, with a 50% chance of being correct. It's Lee, isn't it? Yeah, there, there are a few from Lee here. Yeah. Uh, Lee suggests... Gremlins. Gremlins. That is a pretty safe guess, Lee, that I have seen it. Yes. Um, Thomas, have you seen it? No, no, I haven't. Thomas has not seen it. 
which suggests possibly that it's either on the... Well, no, it can't be on the list of uh, Still Under Wraps because no, the Still Under Wraps are films that I haven't seen. So, is it on the shelf? No. Oh, Lee is just freaking out now. I have a very bad experience with Gremlins, I confess. And I did go to see it at the cinema, expecting... Well, I don't know. My recollection is that I was expecting a cute furry creatures turning into crazy uh, creatures. and, And that was about it. But... I was constantly thrown around watching... Um, again, this is my recollection from... Oh, I can't remember what year it came out, but it was in the early 80s or mid-80s, I think. Um, and 1984. 84. Um, and, yeah, I found the darkness too dark uh, and the contrast between the the comedy and the darkness just really clashing which is interesting because the the next time i really experienced that was in a film now can you bring up imdb i can at least still pulling his hair out and going what um the the next time i okay so first look up gremlins and look up the director Mm-hmm. I think it's Dante. Uh, Joe Dante. Okay. Next film that I experienced that um, it it's sort of almost like um, vertigo type feeling, only emotionally. Um, and the next time I felt that was with a film called. Small Soldiers. Now, who directed Small Soldiers? Joe Dante. Bizarre, isn't it? <laughs> um, yes, Thomas is finding that really amusing because he's, he's reading the plot to <laughs> Small Soldiers. Um, <laughs> Small Soldiers, uh, again, the same thing that... Um, it's all light-hearted until it gets suddenly really, really dark and then flips its head around, giving you whiplash, and is silly again. And I found that really disturbing. I'd, and and perhaps it was because I'd never experienced that in any movies before or not. But, um, yeah. So, Gremlins, needless to say... Um, Peer group pressure forced me into going to see the second Gremlins movie. Which I'm led to believe is a very different movie. Which is, and in a lot lot of ways, a lot more balanced in its lightness. Mm. Um, And that may well have been because I was more aware of what I was in for, or it, it more erred on the side of slapstick. There was a sl- certainly a, a lot more slapstick in it, but Gremlins just got nasty in places, and yeah. So I have seen it. Thomas hasn't seen it, and it's a safe. It, 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 I, I classify that as actually a safe guess. Okay. But the reason Thomas hasn't seen it is because it isn't on the shelf, and mm. that's where Thomas tends to 
gets get force fed his mm. movies from. So, so, so at the moment we're looking at one. One, and I'm I'm not going to give it a multiplier either. Okay then. Because it is actually a um, what is the a pop culture right. of of the age, a safe bet that mm-hmm. I would have at least seen it. So Lee can send me hate mail, but um, so there we go. We've, um, with all that being said, and much of it being left on the cutting room floor, yes, <laughs> it may make it to the. Uh, the blooper reel at the end mm. um so if you wish to uh guess a movie that may or may not be on the shelf you get a point for me having seen it a point for thomas having seen it you get a point if it's on the shelf and you get a point if it is on blu-ray mm. and then if it's a guess that I especially consider to be slightly thinking outside the box or square or triangle or spherical object. I will give it a multiplier. Yes. Um, That four dimensional shape. The hypercube. The hypercube. Mm. Can you get a hyperdodecahedron? I don't know. There's a question for all our maths listeners yes i feel like it'd be difficult because i've seen a three-dimensional representation of a hypercube yes well so presumably you can get a three-dimensional we're going to get it into a tangent here because a dodecahedron the the name of a dodecahedron implies that it has a certain number of sides oh okay anywho there are minds far superior than ours that have discussed this for many hours, and I'm yeah. sure they will write Spheres, in and tell Spheres us. Spheres is fine, because a sphere is just all points radius one away. Yes. And and so you just expand that out to to further dimensions, or or, or go one dimensional. Just just draw a line. A, a line. Is, let's is, is a let's draw a line here, <laughs> and move on to our. Next segment, uh, please submit um, on our Facebook page. The links are in the show notes. And yes, and uh, thank you, everyone. We had a really good upsurge of contributions to the list this week, and they're very much appreciated. And there was some outside the box thinking mm. that may or may not come up in the future. That's right. <laughs> Let's hope they do. Okay, so we're moving on to the next segment. Shake the phone and pick a film and then we'll watch the film next week. Just waiting for the phone to come on. And I have actually got it all set up, ready to go. I don't don't know why why you're shaking. I'm giving it a pre-shake. Why? I'm handing it over to Thomas. I'm not going to look at it. No, don't look at it. I'm not going to look at it. Okay, drum roll. Okay. The 2016 film Hidden Figures. Good. Good. Now I'm going to tell Thomas that I've a- I actually rigged that <laughs> so that that would come up. Um, the younger children 
have actually right. seen this at school. Right. And therefore are wanting to watch it. Right. They are reluctant to watch it here in case one of us happens to walk in and see right. it. Because they know, because of the fact that it's wrapped up, that it is still under wraps. Right. So, yes, I rigged it today. <laughs> of course you did. Uh, so that hidden figures would come up. Um, and I think we uh, are due another lighter than uh, Aliens film. And another one based on a true story. And another one based on a true story. So next week, we are going to be watching Hidden Figures, even though it was not randomly selected, although Thomas was under the impression that it was, for one brief moment. Of course. Uh, <laughs> that's what, what we're watching next week. The, the lack of loading icons probably should have given it, it away. It should have given it away. Uh, Thomas, can you please tell us what Hidden Figures is about by reading the blurb? Hidden Figures tells the incredible untold story of Catherine Johnson, Dorothy Vaughan, and Mary Jackson, brilliant African-American women working at NASA who served as the brains behind the launch into orbit of astronaut John Glenn, a stunning achievement that turned around the space race. The visionary trio crossed all gender and racial lines and inspired generations. Maybe we should watch the right stuff before that, because you haven't seen the right stuff, I don't think. No, I don't think I have. But, no, we're um, not going to watch that. But we're that not bit. going to watch that in the end. <laughs> no, it's homework. Like the Alien movies, you have to watch the right stuff before you watch Hidden Figures. It's, a, it's only three I... hours long, I oh, think. Oh, no. It, it is a quite an incredible film, but uh, no, I will not... Uh, I'll let you watch that um, in your leisure time. Good film, worth a watch. And, of course, that film is now no longer eligible for the What's on the Shelf competition. Right. Because it's on the shelf. The right stuff. The right stuff. So, yeah. Next episode, more, more history. The right stuff. See us on some Facebook um, links to my movies and the Facebook page and Thomas's ongoing saga of yeah podcast. I've actually come up with a title for the the bad movies episode. It's called uh, Bad Movies. A, a series of unnecessary films. Excellent. We long and wait for that. Just got to write it now. Yes. Got a title, but what, what, what use is a title? That's right. I think you should start it off with, it was a dark and stormy night. And <laughs> uh, on that note... A non-existent rose by any other name would, would continue to not exist. <laughs> that's right. Unless it does. Depends on if it's in a box or not. Mm. Has it wilted yet? <laughs> oh, don't check. It'll ruin the experiment. <laughs> Thanks for listening. We'll catch you next week. Goodbye. Bye. Sixteen. Seventeen. Eighteen. I think we're live and uh, on the air. No, that's that's wrong. You're supposed to say buzz. 
Oh, what number are you meant to say buzz on? Well, buzz. <laughs> buzz, obviously. <laughs> oh, dear. Oh. And the next time I felt that was with a film called Toy Soldiers, which has a whole heap of green army men fighting against other toys. It from starts with Wason. Oh, does it? Yeah, it does. Oh, no, not, sorry, not uh, Toy Soldiers then. No, not that one. Um, um, Army Soldiers? No, Army army Men? We'll have to edit this out. Um, <laughs> 1998? No. No. Okay, look uh, up. Toy Story spin-off? No. Uh, no. Okay. So no, can you video go, can you go back to Gremlins? There are video games on IMDb. There are video games on yes. IMDb. Can you go back to Gremlins? Yes. Let's let's go back to Gremlins. Okay. We'll edit all this out and make it all nice and clean, uh, <laughs> and we'll we'll pick it up from the name. Can you look up? Uh, click on the director. Yep. And go ahead to about 1990 in the films that he directed. And there should be a anim- oh, animated or semi-animated with an army soldier. There aren't, there aren't any pictures. Why aren't there any pictures? You've killed the internet. But this, this isn't helpful. Why, why aren't there any pictures? The small soldiers? Small soldiers. A film called Small Soldiers. Now, who directed Small Soldiers? Joe Dante. Bizarre, isn't it? <laughs> um, yes, Thomas is finding that really amusing because he's, he's reading the plot to <laughs> Small Soldiers. Um, 